0: welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. When you listen to this episode, I will be freshly back from the beautiful Algarve of Portugal. And I'll have been there with two of my favorite people on the planet, Alicia Rodriguez and Lauren Jones, my co-hosts for the upcoming Unapologetic Retreat that we're hosting there in October this year. This is something that it just, it kind of blows my mind every time I think about it, because this trilogy of Alicia with the incredible insight that she will bring around your mindset, Lauren, who is the most phenomenal brand guru, And I do not use that term lightly. I've never seen anyone do what Lauren does. Her work is exquisite and it's full-bodied brands with the true meaning of brand. And then yours truly bringing up the business side of things. So once you've got this utterly unstoppable, limitless mindset and you're pairing that with a powerful, unignorable brand, how do you then take that and create a profitable, sustainable business? If you're already in business, how do you pivot that business to be more aligned with your values? This is going to be a really powerful week. Like I said, it's coming up in October, starting on the 21st of October. Head to unapologeticretreats.com to find out more. But what I'm very excited about today is to share with you that Lauren Jones, said Lauren Jones from Box Creative, is joining me today for a conversation about an unapologetic brand. What is that? Why is it important? Why are we deep diving on this theme of being unapologetic for this retreat? What's important about that? And what does it mean for your business? So you are going to love Lauren as much as I do, and you're going to really enjoy this episode. So let's go. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together Podcast. I'm Jill Mokes, and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week, via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories. I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships and creating the abundant, full-fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe When you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So, are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. Lauren Jones, welcome, welcome. Ms. Moogs, thanks for having me again. I just love it. Thank you so much for coming on. I know what a busy woman you are, especially with your globe trotting recently. A little bit. Your feet have barely touched the ground, have they, the last month?
1: (laughs) No, it's been an absolute whirlwind. And just, I mean, you know, post-COVID, just being able to go and see clients in their natural habitat across the world, it's just been uh, just great. So I feel very blessed at the moment. Pretty tired, but very, very
0: blessed. That Miami one, that's a killer, isn't it? With the time difference. (laughs) Wow, what a
1: team. Very lucky. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we're
0: very happy to have you here because we've got something brewing, haven't we? Which I've talked about loads before, but our unapologetic retreat in October is just warming up nicely it's starting to come together in the planning um in fact we're going to portugal together this weekend to recce
1: the location with alicia yeah. get our post it notes out and get it uh, yeah yep pulling it together based on also our, our initial idea and then hearing what the women actually who are attending you know what they really need and you know bridging those gaps mm-hmm. and it's going to be it's going to be such a fantastic week I can't wait
0: it really is. It really is. I, you're right. You know, just thinking back to when we started, when we really had that first idea of, you know, we should hold a retreat between the three of us. And as soon as we had that idea, it almost just slotted, didn't it? One after the other, everything slotted into place. And suddenly it was almost like, but this beyond makes sense. Mm. What Alicia and you and I do are the three pillars of having an, exceptional unapologetic business yes yeah it's crazy how it's come together and now makes so much sense I cannot imagine not doing this uh over and over <laughs> so I just want to just focus in a bit on the name that we chose for the retreat which is unapologetic retreat as soon as I, I don't actually remember which of the three of us came up with it might
1: be, it was, I think it was either you or... I, I want to take the credit, but I think it was either you or Alicia. <laughs> Sorry to rain your prey a little bit. Well, my first hearing of the term came from Alicia when she was doing a testimonial for me after I had rebranded her business. The full quote was, I was MIA. I didn't know what to say, who to and why. Why people would listen to me in the first instance. And now I have my why back having gone through the brand exercise that we did together. And I'm completely unapologetic about it. And there was this vigour behind her saying this that was just like, she came alive and I got goosebumps. And I went, that's it. (laughs) That's the thing, you know. Oh, I've just got goosebumps again, you saying it now.
0: Because you're, you're right, that is it. That's the feeling. When you get it right... And it is its brand, but it is also the mindset. And it is taking that through into implementation, into the business. You know, Mm -hmm. when you get that right, God, that's powerful, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if we were to unpack across, I mean, I know you're having a chat with Alicia about unapologetic uh, mindset and speaking to me and you'll speak about it to it in terms of the business modeling and the marketing but in terms of an unapologetic brand it is that ownership it is you're giving yourself permission to completely show up unapologetically (laughs) authentically as yourself and now that's seems very simple but actually for a lot of women in particular it's very difficult to unpack what it means to be you our identities get this kind of attrition over years in terms of motherhood and um, having restrictions at work and limitations, things we put on ourselves, it kind of gets chipped away at and can be quite fragile. By the time I work with a lot of women who have been through a corporate environment and they kind of come out in tatters and it's like, I can't do this anymore. I've got to do something for me. And then you ask them, okay, well, what do you stand for? What is it the legacy you want to leave? What is it the bigger purpose that you're here to do? And it's really quite a painful process To go through. And that's where the mindset comes in. You have to kind of do that hard work to get to a place where then, when we start to articulate this, you know, start putting packaging, literal packaging around this message, this positioning, this ownership, visual and verbal identity. It's no surprise and, and no accident that it is called a verbal identity and a brand identity. Yeah. It's how are we going to identify you in the marketplace? How are people going to see you? Um, it's, it, it can be quite affronting for a lot of women. And so the unapologetic brand, when you get to a place where that all slots nicely together and it's packaged up in a way where you have resonance with it yourself, which then you have resonance with your audience, there's a liberation that comes with that. Because you're not pretending to be something else. You're just completely owning your own message, your own voice, your own identity. And that's the gold. That's the goal and the gold. <laughs> the goal and the gold. Absolutely.
0: This is gonna sound like a facetious question, but why? Why does it make so much difference?
1: Why does it feel so different? Imagine going back. I'm going to take you back, Jill. Going back into a corporate environment.
0: Don't do it. Don't take me uh, back there.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. But having to show up yeah. underneath someone else's vision, underneath someone else's brand, underneath someone else's branding and voice, and having to sit underneath that, pretending or just nudging yourself to align to that in order to make someone else some money, right? Absolutely. Take that away, and create something that is yours that you can sit under, you, There's no pretense. You're not having to show up to appease anyone else apart from yourself. Now I know we're talking to social solopreneurs here or business leaders, right? Mm-hmm. I get that. That's that's our audience. That's who we are here to mm-hmm. work with. But when you can take away the pretense and the force fitting things in, when you can own, take up your own space carve it out and then and just absolutely own it. it be, there's a, and I said it before, there's a freedom and a liberation that comes with, with that. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to think. And also the other thing, biggest thing, which I've completely disregarded, is there's no competition. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. And, you know, we've spoken about this many times. There's so much crap and templated stuff that's out there. Seeing it time again, I mean, I've got fatigue. I've got fatigue from it of seeing, okay, it's another one. I see I've seen that what they're doing there. Sorry, we're, we're all getting too savvy for it now, aren't we? Well, maybe.
0: I, I don't know. I Well, what I mean by that is I think the days of being able to almost spot a trend – and jump on it and have that be effective in your business. I really think everything's too fast moving now in the digital world. So for me, I can spot when something is another passing trend about to fly by, you know, the the formulaic LinkedIn stuff, the like a carousel of stuff that's going to keep spinning. And it's so distracting. But I think, The way you talk about brand and embracing a massively authentic and unapologetic brand is so liberating. And like you say, there isn't a competition because you're not trying to do the same as anyone else.
1: No, all of that pales into insignificance because you're just carving out your own space. Now, it's not to say there's not things you can learn from other people, but learning from other people and seeing best practice and the art of comparison and should should language are very different. I can look at some fantastic brand agencies and go, I can see how they've done X, Y, and Z. But I'm not coming from a place of, I should be doing that. Or I could be doing that. Or that's what my business model should look like. It's not about that. It's just, there's an appreciation without comparison. And I think that that, for me, that comparison and competitive lens, when that goes, is a real, the pressure comes off.
0: Oh, that's
1: so true. The
0: pressure comes off because that's what we do to ourselves. We put ourselves under pressure to fit a certain expectation. And it's usually an expectation to match someone we admire. Mm. So what you said just now about appreciation, I think you said appreciation without comparison. Mm -hmm. I really love that. If we can all learn how to master that, how to really appreciate the way someone else does something and maybe even take from it something that massively resonates, that feels right to us. But without that comparison and that kind of copying to the nth degree, the way someone else does something.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's not go down the rabbit hole of chat GPT, but in terms of, you know, (laughs) using it as prompt, you're never going to copy and paste. And those that do should be strung up really because you have to put your lens, your authentic voice over it. It's like, well, how can I take this information? However, I'm getting this information. If it's AI, if it's through looking at best practice, looking at competitors, but how can I join the dots for myself and make sense of it to myself and my audience Mm. And that will always then show up differently. Again, you're holding space in terms of what this brand is about. It's you're almost like the prism, you know, you get all these things that come in and how it gets refracted and and reframed within your own brand is is yours. Great metaphor.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I had
1: Dark Side of the Moon album cover in my head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and maybe the nugget is that you are that prism. You can get all these different stuff coming in, but it's how you make it yours. And it's not about copying. It's not about comparison. Uh, But until you can really step into a place where you own that voice, where you you know your voice and own it. And in terms of what it is that you're standing up for and what you're delivering to your audience and all these things that we go through in brand. Until you've done that hard work to get to a place where, yes, I'm confident, I'm, I'm empowered and own this brand. You're just going to keep looking like everybody else. And there's going to be the pressure to show up like everyone else. And there's going to be the pressure to do as others are doing. And I just call BS on that. I think that that's not a place that actually that's not going to be. (laughs) The stuff that works to date that everyone's now doing is now not going to work anymore because everyone's doing it. I think you may have just shattered the myth of... Or
0: being on trend <laughs> because there is no such thing. As soon as you're on trend,
1: you've ruined it.
0: <laughs> ruined
1: it, yeah. Out, outdated, definitely. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Isn't it scary for entrepreneurs to buck trends, to trust their intuition enough to do it their own way?
1: Isn't it scarier for them to not try? Yes agree if you're speaking to true entrepreneurs like the fear of not doing and not trying or having to be put in a box that's not theirs that's you know under the rules and the parameters of other people that's far scarier for them yeah So yes, it can be, it can be scary, but that's kind of the thrill of the ride that entrepreneurs love to go on. And I'm here for it too, you know, not for myself personally, but I love to support people to go through it because it's, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get to that place. And if you have no tolerance for feeling scared,
0: entrepreneurship isn't for you. It just isn't. Entrepreneurial terror is a real thing. And that doesn't mean it's bad. Because we can do really scary things, you know. Who says, you know, you can do hard things? I don't know.
1: I don't know, but I was at a retreat the other week and a woman was doing doing yoga and at the end she was like, I've realised I can do hard things. I was like, yes, that's a mantra. It's
0: a mantra, exactly. Because we can. When you think about some of the most successful entrepreneurs, they are all risk takers. They're all people who are willing to get uncomfortable. And so this journey to getting this unapologetically authentic brand it might feel a bit scary it might feel quite exposing but god it's worth it right unless
1: you want to be stuck in the mire of mediocrity you've got to do it (laughs) and I do think that the other thing that gets in the way of that is is this idea of perfection and that we need to show up everything needs to be buttoned up and I think the more we can embrace that it's part of the process is just getting stuff out there what do they say? Perfection is the enemy of progress. Mm. And also what I heard rec- uh, a fantastic speaker last week, Eduardo Placier said that storytelling is about connection, not perfection. <gasps> That's so good. It's so good. And brand building is storytelling. We are telling visual and verbal stories, our stories. That The whole point is to connect with people so that they want to come and be part of what it is that you're about. It's not about perfection, it's about connection.
0: Oh, I just want to slow that down for a minute because you just said something then that I just thought summed it up so nicely. So it's about telling stories that make people want to come join us, I think is what you said. And if we could distill marketing down, for me, it would be that. It would be, and however you tell that story, if even if it's through an image or through live video or through a podcast or a YouTube video or writing a book, whatever that is, telling stories that make people want to come and join you, that's marketing. That's what it is. So if you can nail your brand, because in my opinion, Don't even bother marketing anything if you haven't done this work, the work that Lauren does with her clients.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. But it's true. Don't waste a moment of time or money marketing if you haven't done the work that Lauren does with her clients, which is that full journey to a full-bodied brand identity, visual, verbal, you know, it's that that full unapologetic brand, because if you don't do that, then you will throw good money after bad on marketing because nothing will work until you are able to tell the stories that make people want to come and join you.
1: Yeah, 100%. It all comes from understanding your core purpose, the why you're showing up, understanding who you're for, understanding where you're going as a business understanding what you're on a mission to achieve, like all of these things that we cover, you know, what you stand up for and, and care about, you know, what you're gonna stand out against. Like there's also that whole level and I know I can talk about values all day. Um, but the whole thing around values values directly impacts your tone of voice you know if you care about this we show up as x therefore we act in a way of y and and I don't think people kind of follow that through it's like the values can be absolutely paramount to feeding the creative brief like that's how I brief the copywriter it's like how do we action these values in our words how do we action them in our visuals how do we really live our values end to end in the whole brand experience mm. who we partner with like how who do we align our brand and message with all of these things come from that and until you really do thrash at those core traditionally sort of seen as maybe fluffy stuff these are like real hard-hitting valuable pillars of the business story and the narrative so that everything gets stand stands up on um, and until you have that then you don't know what you're saying how you're saying it who to and how you're going to show up in order to attract them that's marketing piece right
0: i think there's going to be so many people listening to this where a few pennies are going to be dropping because people who struggle with their messaging who struggle to attract so, so people come to me so often and say you know it's not necessary that i can't attract clients but i'm i'm attracting the wrong clients I hear that a lot and that's such a it's a perfect example of what happens when you haven't done that foundational brand work isn't it
1: yeah exactly and I think again going back to the when you're unapologetic about what you do and who for and how you serve them then you're probably not putting those messages out you will get back what you put out so if you're putting out weak messaging that's speaking to not your ideal client, that's offering services that you don't really want to be doing, then that's, you know, lo and behold, that's what you're going to get back. The minute you can be very confident and clear with, no, no, this is what I'm about. This is who I serve and why I serve them and what I do for them and the value that I deliver, you're going to get more of that. But to get to that point does take quite a bit of work. It does take a a, a bit of digging around and, and being willing to step into it. And actually knowing that by doing it, and even if it means niching, and that's another topic of discussion, I'm sure another time, but by doing that, you are not, I repeat, you are not going to limit your revenue. <laughs> you are going to absolutely increase your revenue because you're speaking to fewer people a higher value at a different frequency, because they'll know that you're the right person mm-hmm. rather than still be a question mark of, oh, are they generalist? Or oh, I'm not quite sure there'll be a knowing. And that comes down to this resonance piece in terms of the emotional connection. The niching is a,
0: this is such a hard one for people to get their heads around still, And yet, you know, I, I think there's a lot out there now in Tinternet world that speaks to niching. I think I see a post every other day, which is titled to niche or not to niche. Is
1: that rhetorical?
0: (laughs) I'm not too sure, to be honest. (laughs) You know, I I do see that a lot. And I think probably 50% of the answer is yes, niche. And the the others are like, no, you don't need to. (laughs) So it doesn't really mean anything. But the thing is, I think people misunderstand as well a lot about niching. Mm -hmm. They take niching to mean that they can only work with a very narrow band of people who do a very specific job or have a very specific problem. And I think that's where working with someone like you is so expansive because that's when you get to learn what the real meaning of niche is. And going back to what you were saying just now about values, again, you know, there are so many people out there, probably some who are listening today, who would consider they've done work around identifying their values. You know, they've perhaps filled out a worksheet um, that's identified their three core values. And then they think that that work's done. And of course, it's utterly meaningless to just know what they are and have them on a post-it note somewhere.
1: And let me just say, if it says excellence, integrity, and honesty, you need to rip it up and start again, because they are table stakes. They are not values. They're just how you work. Yeah, I think you're right. So the niching piece for me, when you get to a place in your career, when you're like, I know what I don't want equally as valuable. I don't want to be working with these people anymore. This is the work that lights me up. This is the work where I'm at my best, where I'm adding the most value. These are the people that I really want to support. To niche doesn't mean a demographic necessarily. It doesn't mean a vertical. It can do, Mm. but the broader sense is you talk to about a sensibility of how people work. You can talk to alignment of values. You can talk to alignment in terms of where they're at in their business building journey so it could be then it be about scale or in terms of their needs at that point and where they are in the buying cycle all these things so to niche doesn't have to pin it down onto a like I say a demographic or a location or whatever and only dealing with this sort of one person mm. but it, it can be I love to look at niching around a sentiment in terms of again we talk about the resonance piece who am I attracting what is it about Their business over there that could be in, I don't know, social media agency versus someone that's running retreats in Costa Rica that I work with versus someone that's doing a nonprofit in the arts out of Wisconsin. They're all completely my people doing very, very different things. But we've got an alignment. My niche is that they want to work in a particular type of way. They want to work to empower those in the team they want to work in a female-led organization they want to work collaboratively they work in the same way our niche is that we work in the same way which is very open very feminine energy very collaborative and ultimately the results are there it's not about the fact that, that what industry they're in at all yeah it's really not that and also I think with you
0: you know, you're such a good example of, of practicing what you preach really, because your messaging for Box Creative is completely aligned with those kind of women. So if I, you know, check out Lauren's website, Box Creative, it just speaks directly to that kind of client. And so it's a great example if you want to know what it looks like for messaging to really be talking directly to someone. And that's why it's important to do this is because your messaging has to be precise otherwise no one will identify themselves and raise their hand for you and that's what we're looking for going back to this to that lovely turn of phrase that lauren used earlier about storytelling is just telling stories that make me people want to come and join you again it's coming back to that isn't it those people have got to self-identify as the person that will be a perfect fit for working with you
1: yeah yeah for our
0: retreat in October, which I'm so looking forward to, what can the women who are joining us for that week come to expect around moving forward with their brand? I mean, we've, we've already got women signed up. We've got a few places left, but we have. Women signed up from different backgrounds, but they certainly all have something in common, and that is that they want to take their business to the next level. Whatever that means for them, they're all ready to kind of shift gear, I guess. And whether that's pivoting or expanding into a new strata in terms of revenue or whatever that looks like, they're ready. So what can they expect for their brand when they
1: come on retreat with us in October? So what I try to do with all all clients is you have to honour where you've come from. And I recently wrote about this piece in terms of looking back and kind of looking at the journey of where you've got to to get to today. Because I do feel sometimes some more design agencies can often throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to rebranding and repositioning. So I think it's an emotional thing, right? You're dealing usually with the business owners. It's their baby. they brought it to what it is today. And there's an element of you have to honor that. And we want to capture the golden nuggets that or the comment, you know, that golden thread you want to pull through into this next iteration. So we have to kind of do a little bit of a reflection back and go, OK, what is it? that is at the core of this thing that we want to put into an, an, into its new life. Because what's got us here today isn't going to get us there, but we have to kind of pull out the best bits basically from that. You know, we went through this with, with Alicia, with her brand. The whole repositioning with her was how do we get these fantastic, the equity that's been built up across these different pillars and pull it together in a new way whilst honouring it, but building something new. So that's kind of part of it. However, this week, for me, it's about getting tangible with it. So I think, you know, we're going to be in a room with people, 3D real life people. And part of the process that gets missed, I think, with, with COVID and, you know, is we're so stuck in screens and actually to get physical with scrapbooking, you know, using visual prompts uh, creating stylescapes and things together very, very tangibly, you get more connected. You can start to feel it because you're pulling it together in a very tactical way. So mm-hmm. I really want people to get off screens and into their into their bodies, using their hands and creating, starting to pull things together, starting to kind of feel the brand identity that we kind of pull out, that the personality, that's the piece that we're going to be focusing on for me it's the fun bit and I think that a lot of business owners that don't look at themselves as being creative would kind of say well I, I'm not a designer and I want them to own that they are creative and that they do is in them it's about me sort of drawing out what elements really speaks to them words and visuals and ripping magazines and all these things to kind of get them literally into the the body of what they want this new brand to be and really feel it that's what that's what we can expect from the end of the week. For me. That's, yeah, that's amazing.
0: <sighs> I'm, I, I am beyond excited for this because I know what's coming for these women and I know the way you work. So yeah, I'm very excited for them. When you were saying that, I suddenly realized as well that this is really going to help them become unapologetically authentic. Taking away that screen time where it's too easy to keep scrolling other people's stuff, it's it's too easy to keep bringing up just like websites and wishing yours would look like that, whereas actually getting these women in a room where they have to dig into their own identity, their own preferences, their own creativity, like you say, I think that's going to be really special.
1: Yeah. And for some, I also acknowledge it might be the first time they've done it. I'm hoping it'll be fun. I know it'll be a bit fronting. It's almost almost like going to be beginner's paint class. <laughs> <laughs> a slightly painful memory for me. I, I just, <laughs> I might, you're getting flashbacks. But, you know, the work with Alicia to break down that mindset and to start to be more open and to tune into your intuition, to start connecting with your instinct and what this, and trusting yourself. I mean, that's a whole other thing that I'm sure Alicia will get to, mm-hmm. the trusting your own inner voice and instinct that is driving this thing. Right. That's part of it too. And part of this process to get more tactical, um, uh, tangible with it is part of that, part of the trust process. And, you know, it's not necessarily going to be pretty. The outcome, you know, we want people to walk away with something that's quite useful. So we, you know, myself, and my team are going to also sort of work to pull that together. But it's the process. The process for me is the project that week. That's what it's about. It's not necessarily the outcome. It's it's them uh, learning to trust their creativity again. So when it comes to briefing people to create the website or to do social posts, there's an intrinsic knowing of does that feel on brand for me? Does that sound like me? That's so key, isn't it? One of the best side
0: effects of doing this work is instinctively knowing when something isn't right. So they will much more quickly be able to, if if a web designer suggests something that doesn't feel right or feel right, once they've done this, it's going to be a much quicker process to say, oh no, that's absolutely not on brand for me. I can
1: feel it. I think that's a, that's a big one. Yeah. And being able to articulate a little bit more of what it should feel like to give that feedback so that they can start to really own and guard this new brand that they're creating I mean that's brand guardianship is a whole thing of itself especially when it's in its infancy I don't know what brand guardianship is well I think gone are the days of logo cop (laughs) you know someone who comes along with a don't use that logo or that's not the font there is an element of that there is an element of I mean, it's being organized, right? It's making sure people have got the right tools for the job. So do they have guidelines? Are they extended to the whole touch points of the business? Do you have all of the tools that they need, whether it's the logo files and the font files, and they've got kind of guidance in terms of how it should and shouldn't work together? You know, all of these things, that's kind of guardianship. If you're expanding the brand, it's important that it keeps true to the um, essence of what the brand was. If you're building a new brand which is kind of where we're at with these women it's really in its infancy and it's very easy for it to get pulled into different directions with different people when it's very young so that age old we do the brand guidelines oh my cousin's going to build my website or I've got my my neighbor's daughter's going to do social and and before you know it, it's unraveled into this very hot botch, incohesive <laughs> not very pretty communication platform whereas the owner it's your responsibility there's an element of guardianship over the message over the visuals how you're showing up so until it finds its feet until it's a toddler and like walking around you know it's still fragile at that point yeah that's brand guardianship piece for me thank you because that makes complete sense to me now oh good yes
0: yes (laughs) so we talked a bit about the retreat and what people can expect we are going to actually get together, aren't we, for a little In Conversation With?
1: Yes, looking forward to that. It, we had a we had our open house, which was to kind of people who wanted to have a little look-see and we're doing a follow-up where it's a bit more questions answered, some things that have come up in terms of online and just to kind of give people a little bit more of a rounder a view on what this week's going to look like.
0: Yeah. So that's going to be held over Zoom and it will be on the 27th of June at 6.30 UK time, which is one thirty Eastern. And I'm going to pop a link in the show notes to the Unapologetic Retreats website where you'll be able to Uh, sign up for that. So do come along. These are intimate events. It's an actual two-way chatting experience. You know, you can actually ask questions and get some answers if you feel like this unapologetic retreat is the next step, the next right step for you um, and your business. Also, in the meantime, if you want to reach out to either Alicia, um, who is our Mindset guru for the retreat or Lauren for brand, all the things she's been talking about today, any questions around that. And then myself on the business part. So I have the easy job of the three of us because once these (laughs) women have spent time with Alicia at the beginning of the week and then time with you, Lauren, to the point where they are chomping at the bit to know what comes next into implementing this incredible brand, you know, it makes my job of really working with them on strategizing what that business model and marketing is going to look like to birth that into the world it makes that part of the job a whole lot easier. I will st- stand by my earlier comment to you that, you know, anyone who spends a penny on marketing before they've done really in-depth brand work is just
1: crazy. Yeah, Absolutely wasting yeah. their money and time. But if you did want to get in touch with us, you can just go to the website and you can contact us there in anything in the meantime. We'll put a link for that in the show notes too.
0: Lauren, as always, it has been so fun to talk about this with you, mainly because we know each other well, don't we? You know, we've worked together for a while and, I don't know, there's something about collaborating. You and I are big fans of this and certainly it's the kind of women that we like to work with are collaborative souls too, who really believe in that power of, of coming together and producing something that really none of us could have achieved on our own, Mm. which is again, coming back to that, that these three pillars being so integral to a successful business. So I want to take this opportunity to thank you for coming on today, but also for everything, because I just adore working with you, collaborating with you in any way, shape or form.
1: Well, same. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here again and speak to your listeners and uh, and always chats with you. I'm very much looking forward to the weekend for us to get onto the skin of this uh, retreat and and meet Alicia in Portugal for the first time. And actually, see her in real life is going to be incredible. So, yeah, exactly. Yes. Pleasure always. Until next time.
0: Exactly. Do you know what I'm thinking as well? So, for anyone listening, we are spending this weekend together doing some planning in portugal so keep your eye out because what i'll do is we'll make sure we get lots of photos and we'll share those <laughs> yeah. on our yeah. socials and whatnot you get a little behind the scenes <laughs> yeah lauren can take a picture of me bobbing into the hotel pool or something that's right <laughs> oh thanks so much lauren and um i will speak to you again soon will do thanks jill for having me you're welcome bye for now Hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible if you love the show would you do me a massive favor please would you leave a five-star rating on apple podcasts it would really help you put more heads together reach more ears and expand more minds until next week bye for now